Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. All right, Chop Shoppers, I do want to take this moment uh, to thank you for tuning in, but also to wish a happy birthday. When this airs, it'll be uh, the day after her birthday, but happy, happy birthday to my lovely wife, Michelle. Drink. And when this airs tomorrow will be our anniversary. So happy anniversary <laughs> to my lovely wife, Michelle. Drink again. But this is not a Brownie Points podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Season 10, Episode 7 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Santa Claus is coming to Travis. <laughs> okay. A.K.A. The Life and Traventures of Santa Claus. Yes. A.K.A. Trav Frost. <laughs> I like it. And I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Mad Shonster Party? <laughs> question mark? Why is there a question mark I in never that? understood that. Uh, A.K.A. The Shongiest Man in Town. A.K.A. The Year Without a Shantaclaus. <laughs> and uh, we are not joined by the regulator again tonight, but I will obligatorily read her nicknames. Oh, nice. Here comes Peter Cottonshell, a.k.a. Pinocchio's Christmas, <laughs> a.k.a. The Wind in the Cellos. Nice. Further description of the show, the tagline says, watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, though. We're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. You kids are under arrest. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. All right. That's going to bring us into our first segment for the evening, which is movie news. And this is where uh, throughout the Christmas break, we try to pay attention. The Christmas break is just beginning, you guys. But we try to pay attention to... Stories that pertain to the world of cinema, to remakes, and things that we think you, the Chop Shoppers, might like to uh, find in your stocking. Oh, good one. And so, unfortunately, we do have to start it off with an R.I.P. Rest in peace and rest in power to Michael Nesmith, the quiet monkey. He was one of the members of the band The Monkees, and he has passed away at the age of 78. And from the New York Times, he shot to fame as a member of a made-for-TV rock group, but denied that he was the group's only, quote, real musician. He went on to co-create some of what became the first music videos. Also, he was a producer on films such as... Repo Man. Repo Man. Also, Tapeheads. I, that, I think that's an underrated classic right there. And then one that I'm sure everybody has heard of, Time Rider, The Adventure of Lyle Swan. <laughs> we have to check that out. As well as his own solo recording and film projects. So once again, rest in peace and rest in power to him. Also, um, rest in peace to author Anne Rice, uh, who breathed new life into vampires has died at the age of 80. Uh, this is from the Seattle Times or also the Associated Press. 
Anne Rice, the novelist whose lush, best-selling gothic tales, including Interview with the Vampire, reinvented the blood-drinking immortals as tragic anti-heroes, has died. She was 80. She died Saturday due to complications from a stroke. Her son, Christopher Rice, announced on her Facebook page and his Twitter page. Any thoughts on her? Did you read the vampire books? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were ever-present in my high school and college yeah. days. Definitely a earmark of the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Goth chicks really liked Anne Rice. Oh, yeah. If you want to get eyeliner on your face. So rest in peace and rest in power to Anne Rice. Next, Ted Lasso, apropos of nothing, gets even more wholesome with a Rankin and Bass inspired Christmas special. Are you excited about this? Yeah, I need to check it out. Has it come out yet? I don't know. I was going to ask you the same thing. Yeah, I'm going to dig I'm around gonna, and see if we can find that. I'm going to have to uh, find a friend who has Apple TV. In this special, Ted's mustache goes rogue and disappears from his face. I think it's a great idea. The Richmond gang, the Richmond gang help him find it. And that comes to us from AV Club. From Variety, Wally... Return of the Jedi and Selena are among movies added to the National Film Registry. So how long do you think it is before a movie is eligible? How old does a movie have to be? Well, Selena came out in like in what the mm -hmm. mid 90s maybe? Yeah, that's true. So 25 years? Uh well there's 25 motion pictures that they add each year. Uh-huh. But under the terms of the National Film Preservation Act, the movies have to be at least 10 years old. Okay. Uh, other titles added to the NFR in 2021 include Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and Pink Flamingos. Okay. Oh, Sounder. You gotta love Sounder. That comes to us from Variety. Also from Variety, director Hope Dixon Leach sets a hybrid version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Now, her, day, her name doesn't necessarily ring a bell for me, but apparently she directed a movie called The Leveling, which won um, BAFTA awards and was also acclaimed at several film festivals in like Toronto, Rotterdam, and London. But she's going to do a hybrid adaptation of Robert Louis Stevenson's iconic novella, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I wonder what they mean by hybrid. Is it sometimes it'll use gas and sometimes it'll use electricity? <laughs> Next, Rendezvous with Rama. Denis Villeneuve is adapting another sci-fi classic. After Dune 2, of course. Calm down, fanboys. Uh, Denis Villeneuve is a science fiction directing machine, according to The Hollywood Reporter. The filmmaker's next project, after his upcoming sequel to Dune, will be an adaptation of Arthur C. Clarke's Rendezvous with Rama. Villeneuve is clearly keeping himself busy, as Dune 2 is allegedly already pretty far along in pre-production. Sounds like a, a conflict of terms. Pretty far along in pre-production. Pre so, Rendezvous with Rama is likely following shortly behind and that comes to us from slashfilm.com any thoughts sean no no i, I did, don't did you ever read any arthur c clark yeah of course. i did yeah. uh his material was shorter and easier to digest for somebody who never learned how to read all right we've got another one here ben schwartz Ben Schwartz, Emmy-winning comedian and actor Ben Schwartz, has joined the ensemble cast of Renfield. Now, is 
Renfield an attempt to kind of prime and and get the get the wheels turning again on the dark universe jeez they 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 just can't seem to get it going the invisible man was good it was good and the reason it was good is because they deviated from the rote uh-huh. expectations of universal monsters and i think renfield might be uh, off to the right uh, right start by going with a a minor character as the focal point um i think that that it might it might work and so far so good on the castings Uh, Speaking of the castings uh, from Variety, the anticipated take on the mythology of Dracula, which centers its narrative on the vampire's famed henchman, R.M. Renfield, has already cast Nicholas Holt in the title role. Nicholas Cage will play Dracula and Aquafina is also on board. And now Ben Schwartz joins the cast. And I think that uh, with what you're saying about like disrupting, uh, I think that Ben Schwartz is a is a disruptor. He can bring something new to the table. Totally. All right. That's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. Do you hear those sleigh bells ring-a-ling, jing, jing, jing-a-ling too? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hiya, chop shoppers. Chevy Chase and Bill Murray did have a beef, and they even got into a physical altercation when Chevy hosted Saturday Night Live in 1978. But after Harold Ramis cast them both in Caddyshack, they were able to get over their differences after filming their one scene together at Carl's Place. There are probably a lot of pineapples outside people's homes in South Carolina, but if you see one upside down, that means someone's looking to swing. Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons aren't quite married yet. I wasn't able to find any information on Dennis Quaid having Parkinson's, but if he does have it, it'll probably add authenticity to his portrayal of Ronald Reagan. I'll see, please. That's all I've got. See y'all next week, see? Thank you, Dana, for that. We do appreciate it. And I just want to know, who smuggled out the secret of the pineapples? And that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week. Bringing us to the theme of the episode, Sean. Have you noticed that like a week or so before Christmas, people start to put out their uh, inflatable yard decorations? You'll see some characters out there. You'll see some snowmen. You'll see some Santa Clauses, some reindeer. In the time between when they put them in the yard and the time that they actually inflate them, it looks like a Rankin and Bass drive-by happened. <laughs> They're all laid out on the yard. Yeah, it's <laughs> very disturbing, and children have to see that man. Oh no, Santa! So that is going to be the theme of the episode in honor of the upcoming Christmas holiday and whatever holiday you celebrate this time of year. We're going to be talking about Rankin and Bass holiday specials, right? Totally. That's the theme of the episode. And before we get started, we do have a beer check-in. We're going to start early. Yeah, and and this might not be a new one for us because it seems like every year around this time we uh-huh. dig into the vault and we pull out a uh, a vintage from uh, uh, Bourbon County, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the Imperial Stout, and it's of course it's uh, you know produced by Goose Island of Misfit Toys. Goose Island of Misfit Toys. Speaking what? of Misfit Toys, we have a Misfit Toy in the shop tonight. Indeed. We've got a um, very lifelike scale replica of Bumbles the Abominable. 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 
Abominable Snowman. I can say it. Abominable Snowman. So this is a 2016. So we're now five years old on this vintage. And it's absolutely delicious. Ooh. Mm. Tasty. Uh, lots of dark fruit notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, plum. I get plum. Plum, yeah. Toffee, of course, with those roasty notes. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, develops in the bottle up to five years, it says here on the label. So we're right on target with this baby. And uh, trying to look up the uh, ABV on this. 17%. Um, Probably so. It's uh... So speaking of that theme of the episode, Rankin and Bass holiday specials. They seem to be everywhere now in the modern age. You can pretty much watch all of them online uh, or on whatever streaming service it is you happen to use. Back in the day, it was like once a year. Oh, it was appointment television. Yes. Like CBS or whomever would, would do their night and... Damn it, children! We're gonna sit in front of this damn TV. We're gonna watch Rudolph. Yes. We're gonna watch Frosty and all of the others. Almost every year, they came out with a new, oh yeah, yeah, a new holiday special, or there was a new thing coming out from Rankin and Bass Animated Entertainment, uh, founded and formerly known as Videocraft International, as we established last week on our just for fun trivia question, uh, was an American production company located in New York. It was founded by Arthur Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass on September 14th, 1960. Uh, the majority of Rankin and Bass' work, including all of their, quote, Animagic stop-motion productions. Can you speak to that a little bit, Animagic? Um, it's it's kind of what they were well-known for. Obviously working with miniatures, very puppet-like, but it yeah. wasn't a puppet show. Um, and it was very much a signature kind of element for them. And I've got here that it was they were well-known for it, but they were created in Tokyo, Japan. Throughout the 1960s, the Animagic... Productions were headed by Japanese stop-motion animator Tadahito Mochinaga at his studio, MOM Productions, and he was credited for his supervision as Tad Morichokanaga. And uh, Rankin and Bass' traditional animation output was done by several animation studios, such as uh, Toei Animation, Aiken, and also Mushi Productions, and especially Topcraft. I think we've heard of Topcraft before. One of these uh, studios was staffed by one of the legends of Japanese animation, Hayao Miyazaki, uh, who would go on to form Studio Ghibli. In addition to the, quote, name talent that provided the narration for the specials, Rankin and Bass had its own company of voice actors. They had their stable of reindeer, if you will. Uh, For the studio's early work, this group was based in Toronto, Ontario, where recording and supervision was done by veteran CBC announcer Bernard Cowan. The Canadian group included actors such as Paul Soles, Larry D. Mann, and Paul Kligman. Mari Laws served as the musical director for most, if not all, of the animated films and television programs. Romeo Muller was another consistent contributor, serving as screenwriter for many of the Rankin-Bass best-known productions, including Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, The Little Drummer Boy, and Frosty the Snowman. 
all of their holiday specials, which don't just include Christmas specials. There's a bunch of like Easter stuff and Peter Cottontail and uh, various other things that I guess we'll get into uh, as we proceed. But that's going to be the theme of this very special holiday episode. And shall we go ahead and proceed with the next segment, sir? Yeah. Segment, sure, <laughs> sir. I see the Bourbon County's already worked its magic. Is there actually a county called Bourbon, and can we go there? <laughs> so the next segment is the Midnight Double Feature, and this is where we give it considerable forethought and decide ahead of time on two movies that we feel are within the bounds of this assignment for the week and are related to our subject of the week and that we would recommend as a double feature viewing. And are you going to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Give me what you got. All right. So I'm not doing any movies for my double feature, but I'm going to talk about Rankin and Bass's uh, long lasting influence on a lot of creative talents and presentations and productions. I think probably today the most consistent and ever present would be Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken is the shit. Very much uh, 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 an influence. Uh, uh, celebrity Deathmatch back in the day, a little yeah. bit. Uh, Moral Oral was a was derivative mm -hmm. of uh, of Davy and Goliath, which they were contemporaries of Rankin and Bass. So uh, before the Robot Chicken thing was established, there were a couple of homages slash parodies that appeared uh, in the late '90s and early 2000s. Uh, first one I'm going to talk about is from Mad TV. Yes, Raging Rudolph. Raging, I remember this. This is a spoof of I Raging Bull, Goodfellas. Yes. So you've got Rudolph as kind of a mafioso type character. It's so weird that you're talking about Mad TV. I was just thinking about Mad TV today. It's like when you think thinking about, about a play, play shrimp. shrimp. This, of course, can be seen on YouTube now. Uh, they did a, a Raging Rudolph uh, installment uh, one and two, I believe. And they're pretty funny. Um, a little, little heavy leaning on the uh, Scorsese stuff. Yeah, but very much or so. Or Tarantino. Yeah, there's some Tarantino some ultra violence. <clears throat> right, and that's just kind of Mad TV slant, but uh, it, done in the Rankin and Bass style. And, okay. and pairing with it. that from season 27 uh, in 2001 on Saturday Night Live, TV Funhouse did uh, the narrator that ruined Christmas. And this is based on the narrator of the Rudolph tale. Played TV Funhouse, as in um, Robert Smigel. Robert Smigel, okay. the ambiguously gay duo. Yes. All those. They did a. They did their own stop motion Rankin and Bass style sketch, and it's about uh, the narrator who was depressed over 9/11 and the terror attacks on the Twin Towers. Oh shit! And he just can't get excited for the Rudolph special this year, so he takes the children who are watching at home to visit Ground Zero. And uh, it's it's pretty biting satire. Uh, yeah. And it, considering it was only weeks after 9-11 happened, yeah. pretty fresh wound that they were picking at. So uh, I, I forgot that that even aired. But uh, in terms of uh, being very uh, uh, close to the Rankin and Bass style yes. and in terms of production quality, this one really nails it. So uh, if you haven't ever seen either one of these, I would say look them up on YouTube. It's worth checking out. I love it. Uh, so the first year that we moved to South Carolina was 1996. And we moved into a house in the lovely little hamlet of Oak Way. And the house had cable 
Oh, already. We were paying for it. I specifically remember my parents saying, we're not paying for it. And so I got to watch cable TV for like the first time at home. And it was the same year that Mad TV debuted. If I'm not mistaken, 1996. It's probably pretty close. And I fell in love with that show. I had already been a big fan of the magazine. Uh, speaking of, oh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I do have a couple of uh, Rankin and Bass productions, but they are not holiday themed unless you are a real big nerd or a hobbit. <laughs> because these are Tolkien Tolkien Keen movies. Uh, so if you ever want to nerd out, you can watch 1977's The Hobbit, directed by Rankin and Bass and written by Romeo Muller. Muller? Mulder. Sculler. It's got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. We know the story, uh, but it was animated by Topcraft in Tokyo, a now defunct Japanese animation studio whose animation team reformed as Studio Ghibli under Hayao Miyazaki. While some of the animators went to establish Pacific Animation Corporation, Topcraft successfully partnered with Rankin and Bass on several other productions in traditional animation, including Twas the Night Before Christmas, the Stingiest Man in Town, and The Last Unicorn. So, then there is a gap in, like, the rights to creating a movie about uh, the Middle Earth stuff. And uh, Ralph Bakshi jumps in and makes his Lord of the Rings. Right. Which used rotoscope quite a bit. Um I still like it just for its time, but it's a little bit difficult to watch considering the style. Yeah. Then in 1980, Rankin and Bass come back with an idea they already had in pre-production before Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, and it's The Return of the King. Two hobbits struggle to destroy the ring in Mount Doom while their friends desperately fight evil Lord Sauron's forces in a final battle. That's what happens in the... Return of the King. Uh, note, the film is often mistaken as a sequel to Ralph Bakshi's 1978 animated film, The Lord of the Rings. I thought so when I was watching them on VHS as a kid. But uh, Warner Brothers acquired the rights to the special for home video distri distribution and chose to market the film along with The Hobbit as installments of an animated Tolkien trilogy. And that's why that mistake is made. But... Um, you know, nerds like us, we know what's going on. We, we know, know we know what's up. <laughs> so that's going to be my um, very cool, very zeitgeist double feature. Is it time for our feature segment? Let's do it. It's time for our feature segment, you guys. It's time for the thing that you all came here to listen to. It's the recast. And it's basically the foundation of this show it's the uh it's the the shock absorbers on santa's sleigh this <laughs> is the segment where we take a movie that we've watched in advance um maybe too many times yeah and we uh pick it apart a little bit caribou meat is delicious <laughs> and then we hypothetically take 
a few of the main roles and we recast them with contemporary actors. So the first movie is the aforementioned Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964. This one was directed by Larry Romer. Larry Romer. And it's got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. This stop-motion animagic version of the classic Christmas tale adds a bit of twist when Rudolph encounters an abominable snowman. I did it right. Good job. Uh, and then goes off on a vision quest of sorts, uh, encountering various characters and goes to the Island of Misfit Toys for yes. a little while. Yep. And um, what are your thoughts on the movie in general? Um, in rewatching it, uh -huh. I was surprised that um, it's an hour and a half. That shocked me. But uh, I'll get into my... You thought it would be longer or shorter? Shorter. I remember it as you being shorter. Like being an, an hour? Like an hour. And it, okay. it's a full-on movie. With commercials, um, it would be two hours. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, that, that was my first impression. My other impression I'll get into when I get into my recast. I gotcha. All right. Well, speaking of recast, the roles that we're going to recast. And uh, side note, I'm doing mine for this round as a live action remake. Okay. So these are going to be real people on camera playing the roles of Sam the Snowman, originally portrayed by Burl Ives, Rudolph, played by Billy Richards, Yukon Cornelius, performed by Larry Mann, and Hermie the Misfit Elf, played by Paul Souls. So just to be perfectly clear, this is a stop-motion animation holiday classic, and the roles that we're recasting are voice actors. And I took the option of doing it as a live-action movie. What are you doing? I'm doing a straight-up remake using the Animagic style. Okay, perfect. All right, so who are you going with first for the narrator, Sam the Snowman? Um, I'm going with an actor who is known for his voice. He is an alumnus of Saturday Night Live. Um, you would know him from um, Suburgatory mm -hmm. as well as uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. I'm going with Chris Parnell. Yes. I love that. Uh, he shows up in some other things as well. He's all over the place. He, yeah. he, oh, he gets Anchorman? Work. Isn't yeah. he an Anchorman? He gets great work. I love it. All right. Well, my... Um... My actor for the narrator, Sam the Snowman, is going to be playing this live action. And he is he's going to wear the little hat. He's going to have the scarf and everything. Um, maybe he grows a mustache. He's probably going to be directed by Wes Anderson because that's what he does these days. But he was also in Where the Buffalo Roam, The Fantastic Mr. Fox, Scrooged, and A Very Murray Christmas. I went with Bill Murray. Very nice. Bill Murray is going to be my Sam the Snowman, and he's going to narrate this thing. Okay. Next up, we've got the role of Rudolph, which the voice was a voice actor, an actor named Billy Richards. And who was your pick for the recast of this one, sir? All right. So Rudolph, essentially, much like um, the recent Pixar film, Luca, mm -hmm. is a film about accepting who you are and mm -hmm. even though other people may not recognize what you bring to the table yeah and can be viewed very much from the lens of kind of a closeted 
homosexual kind of persona. So with that in mind, um, I went with a hip hop artist who is rather outgoing and flamboyant. I went with Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X is going to play Rudolph. Word. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that is, uh, that's interesting. My actor is, I guess, I guess he's kind of a little bit effeminate, but he's, He's mostly, he, he kind of looks like a deer. Well, Billy Mae Richards, by the way, is a female actress that oh. voiced Rudolph. Okay. Yeah. Fair. This actor's 25 now. And I mean, he's, he's kind of, what is it? Nimble? What is it? Nimble? The, agile? Agile, like a, like a deer. Um, <laughs> or maybe he's, maybe he's awkward like a deer, like Pr- a young deer. Prancy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, he's Blitzeny. This actor was in the X-Men movies. He was in Slow West. He was in The Road. And he's in the recent The Power of the Dog. His name's Cody Smith McPhee. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cody, Recently recast, I believe. Uh, we talked about him, or I talked about that movie, but Cody okay. Smith McPhee, doesn't he just look like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Totally. I can buy that. Uh, uh, yeah, he's like a yearling. <laughs> <laughs> he's all legs. Next, we've got... Uh, this is one of my favorite of the night, and I'm, I'm thinking about it as who would play this role in person but i want to hear yours first the role of yukon cornelius yukon cornelius he's packing heat the whole time he's been living out on the edge of the arctic who did you envision in this role um i went with an actor who has been in all kinds of things including freaks and geeks yeah for two weeks in a row i'm sourcing freaks and geeks by the way i like that zach and mary make a porno I went with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was on my short list. Yeah. He was on the shopping list. Well, for my voice actor, I went with Seth Rogen. All right. I like it. So I went live action, of course. I went with a man who is 51 now. He can do live action or voiceover work because he's done both to great acclaim. He was in the Lego movie. He was in Sing. He's in the Great North. He's also in uh, Hearts Beat Loud and... Parks and Rec, his name is... Oh, wait, he was also in Megan Mullally. He's Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman was my second choice. So he's wearing a pink pussy hat. That's awesome. It's perfect, right? Yeah. I think he's. I think he actually is Yukon Cornelius. I think he I think is, it too. Was, I think that he was born. He popped out with a mm-hmm. full beard and asked for a medium-rare steak, and the... Rankin and Bass were there for some reason, and they were like, perfect. Yeah. I knew what we needed for this <laughs> this character. That's you. Incidentally, I'm reading his latest book, okay. where, where the deer and antelope play. And um, Rudolph is a reindeer. Yeah, well, uh, and that book was gifted to me by our very own Chelsea. Who we got next? Hermie. Hermie, the misfit elf. And he's um, he's a bit naive. He's, He's um, got a thing for teeth. Yeah, he does. He, 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 we should have a, a battle royale between dentists, between like him and the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors. Paul Souls played Hermie, one of the uh, stable of actors that worked in a lot of these Rankin and Bass movies. And Sean, who was your choice? I went with uh, Hermie. Well, I went with the voice actor. You talk about being like part of the the stock. Actors, yes. the pool of actors. I'm with a voice actor who plays a lot of roles within um, many of his and Dan Harmon's productions. I went with Justin Roiland. Yes. 
little Morty. So that, uh, I don't know, Sean, that, that might, it, Morty's voice is almost Mickey Mouse. Yeah. That's two people on your list who came from Rick and Morty, right? Yeah, I didn't even think about it at the time, but it came to me as, I was reading my list back to myself, said, oh, fuck. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, my Hermie is 13 now. He's in or going to be in Goodnight Mommy, which is a remake of the 2014 Austrian film because he is a twin. He and his twin brother are going to be in it. He was also in Big Little Lies and a twenty a planned 2022 remake of Salem's Lot. Boo. His name is Nicholas Crovetti. Nicholas Crovetti. Oh, he looks like little Hermie. He does. He looks like Hermie. And he looks a little bit less evil than his twin brother, so I picked him. Okay, there you and go. There's always one. One of the twins is always evil. All right, so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, he had a very shiny nose. You could even say it glowed. But what did you think of the movie? It's great. It's a good tale. It's yes. Don't judge a book by its cover. I think that it definitely does not need to be remade, but they probably will. Of course. All right. With that, we're going to head into intermission, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some snow cones, gingerbread men, and candy canes. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM, The Shop, with Travisito, the brew boss, and me, Chelsea, the regulator, where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, All morning, morning long! And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck. Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger. Trontastic Ron. I'm going to rip his face off. Woo! And the defending champ. Little Thanos. You ain't got nothing, brother. I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition. So if you've got a problem with that, 
We'll see you in Gmail, where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemajobshop at gmail.com. movie good credit bad credit no credit no problem come on down to wacky trav's cinema chop shop blowout sale he's, he's out, out of, of his mind. mind where we can guarantee you you'll go home happy social security number criminal background check and blood sample required side effects may include euphoria hallucinations and delusions of grandeur so please remember to watch chop retrofit <laughs> All right. Welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. We just had a snowball fight and um, I won. And so, Sean, when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do? Uh, we're going to do a beer check-in. Beer check-in number two, Chelsea. This is the second beer. Yeah, this is from Sycamore Brewing in Charlotte. And this is Special Brownies. Special Brownies. It's a chocolate, they, uh... it's a chocolate stout, 7.3% alcohol. Oh, that's what's special about it, huh? I don't know what else they do. I don't know what else would be special about a brownie. And the can says suitable for aging, so I'm a little mm. concerned that this might be a little hot. I think it means that it's suitable for people who are aging. Oh, yeah. We've got a, lo a lot of little animated characters here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, capture the style. It's almost a little bit Hirschfelder uh, in terms of the, anim the animated characters with the the lines and the solid figures well pour yourself some of this i special i'm not going to spoil my brownies. reaction well we are on the heels of that 2016 bourbon county so it's all good this uh to me tastes a little bit watery yeah and a little bit chalky okay yeah i'm okay with it yeah. um i'm gonna keep those other i cans. don't hate it yeah i'm gonna keep the other cans around we'll we see we probably should have done this one first no it's okay we'll see what this one does in the year we've got another uh, bourbon for County. aging. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll check in on a, a year from now and see how it does. While we enjoy that, we are going to get into our next segment, which is, uh, the rapidly ending 2021 movie marathon. We're getting very close to the end of the line here. I still haven't crossed it. You are well past. You're waiting for me in the green room. Do they have green rooms at marathons? I've got a big thing of Gatorade, Gatorade waiting for you. You're going to throw it on me? I'll let you drink it. Because I'm the coach. <laughs> As of this recording, the 351st day of the year. And I'm on 359. All right, you're doing good. 359. I'm going to hit it and I'm going to I'm going to forget it. So, I'm on 382 after that, hitting it and forgetting it. <laughs> My first one is called Beast Beast. And this is one of those movies that was like an indie darling. It like did the festival circuit. It came on my radar, so I put it on my watch list and finally got around to actually watching it. And to me, it reminds me of the movie Kids okay. that we watch. It's a very Cinema Verte style. Uh, think Kids for the social social networking Okay. Era, social okay. media era, a little bit of the proclivity of gun violence that seems to be happening now. Gotcha. So that's a uh, 2020 film, Beast Beast. I'm not saying that it wasn't good. It just wasn't 
uplifting and oh yeah <laughs> it wasn't a feel-good film i got you there pertinent to the episode you know we're i, I wanted to see some ranking and bass stuff that i had not seen before yes. and i've seen most of it but one stood out to me and you watched it as well so feel free to jump in um this is from 1967 it's called mad monster party mad monster party so, why did this? Why does it have a question? I don't know. I don't know. But There's no explanation <laughs> whatsoever. It's co-written by Harvey Kurtzman, who Harvey of, Kurtzman of Mad Magazine fame. Also, Playboy. He, yeah. he did a lot of stuff for Playboy. So, so automatically, I'm interested because I want to know what the story is. And uh, you've got uh, Doctor Frankenstein. Yes, inviting. The monsters over for a get together. All of the monsters. Speaking of the dark universe, right, right. This was great. The so, animation is great. The voice actors are incredible. I think I texted you at the time. I'm like, this is the shit. Yeah, it's it's extremely witty, which I would expect no less from Harvey Kurtzman. And who was your favorite voice actor in it? It's not even a question of the voice actor. Obviously, I mean, you've got uh, Boris Karloff. Yes. Which is great. But no, for me, it wasn't even about the voice acting. I was transfixed on this stupid puppet of Francesca, uh-huh. the redhead assistant. She's gorgeous. Oh, okay. <laughs> and is it weird that I find her like totally hot i, I mean, mean that's up to you man like a puppet goes on your hand there's <laughs> things but you you texted me phyllis diller for the win fuck yeah phyllis diller was awesome and it was a striking resemblance of her in puppet form i say puppet animagic form animagic i like it i thought it was great and there was a follow-up to this that was, I guess, somewhat related to It's a Mad, 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 Mad World called Mad, Mad, Mad Monster Party. Um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with that. But I did like that. My uh, next check-in is a prestige film. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but it is the newest release from auteur director Wes Anderson. It is... The French Dispatch. It's in line to be watched. Uh, I think it's probably his most ambitious project yet. Okay. The ensemble cast itself is an undertaking. But you weren't like raving about it. I wasn't blown away. Okay. And I, I wonder if it's because he might have tried to put too much into one movie. Okay. And... It's almost like the last line of the movie, and this isn't a spoiler. Uh, the last line of the movie is something to the effect of, so what do we do now? And I think that tells a lot. Uh, but that being said, I will watch anything the man puts out. I know. You know. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> All right. So my next check-in in the spirit of Christmas yeah. is a um, Finnish film. Called Rare Exports, a Christmas tale. Is it tale. finished though? It is finished. It is finished, and it is finished. <laughs> uh, Rare Exports, a All Christmas tale. All right, so tale. you told me that you cannot celebrate Christmas until you've seen this movie. It's my new favorite Christmas film. This is on Hulu. Krampus has nothing on the OG Santa Claus. Okay. Uh, my new favorite Christmas movie. One- Give me a premise. One boy has it all figured out when children start going missing and livestock are found slaughtered in a small Finnish village. Oh, shit. There is a mining company that is mining on this giant mountain that's across the border from Finland. Mm-hmm. I guess, is that Russia? No. 
so they're mining away and they're the, the person, the financier behind it is convinced that the original Santa Claus is buried inside this mountain. What? And he has rules for all of his workers. No swearing, no smoking. Cause you got to stay off the naughty list. Always smile. And none of them observe it. And they all end up dead. So I think, I think you stop there, right? I think you, I, well, I, I will go on. I will go just a little bit further and to say that, uh, the, the, the people of the small village near the, uh, the mine, uh, huh. They're elves. No, no, no. They, they basically apprehend what was found in the mine and they kind of have to sort things out. Hmm. It's cool. It's cool. It's, a, it's, it's clever. a briefcase that glows gold. No, it's explained we fully. Don't know why it, Marcellus Wallace? It's explained it. fully by the end. It's very clever, and uh, you should check it out. It's on Hulu. I very much recommend it for your Christmas viewing. All right. So for my uh, next check-in, it's going to be number three fifty-six, and it's called "A Very Muppet Christmas." And this was released in two thousand two. And uh, the reason that I mentioning this now is because you talked about a movie that dealt with 9-11 okay and the twin towers and so this movie is basically a um it's it's kind of the muppet christmas carol before the muppet christmas carol or or whatever it's it's a very similar thing but at one point an angel is showing uh kermit the world if he had never been born and in the background, you see the Twin Towers. And even though it was filmed before 9-11, it came out after. Ooh. And it spawned the meme, Kermit did 9-11. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be my final check-in for okay. this week's 2021 movie marathon. All right. Well, then my final one will be a, a film from the Hammer series of yes. horror films. It's called Twins of Evil. And it stars Peter Cushing okay. as kind of the lead villain. Brad Moff Tarkin? Yeah, kind of as the lead villain. He's a very pious uh, guy in the village who is rooting out witches and blaming mm-hmm. women for pretty much anything he that was goes what wrong. Now? He was rooting them out? Rooting them out. Rooting out witches. It's the name of my upcoming uh, gothic hip-hop album. It also stars a vampire who looks exactly like Jimmy Fallon. Um, you can check. He out, sent me that as well. You can check yes. out my Twitter. I put it he up does, as a comment. Uh, it also spawned a meme. Jimmy Fallon is a vampire, <laughs> but it also stars the gorgeous Collinson twins, who were Playboy Playmates of the Month in October 1970. Are these the Barbie twins? No, these okay. are the Collinson twins. Okay, they, I gotta look this up. Yeah, they are beautiful, and they made about five movies together. This being one of them, and there is a booby count in this film. So, what is it? I'm not going to tell you. 69. You're going to have to watch it and find out. 13. But I enjoyed this immensely. It can't be an odd number, Travis. (laughs) Uh, Just great movie. I I thought it was really cool. A lot of fun. And uh, we're going to do a Hammer Films episode. In October October. of next year. So mark your calendars. (laughs) If man is still alive. Hey, do we want to open this first? Is this the 2017 coffee stout coffee stout? Am I right about the date? Oh yeah. All right. Look at that. My eyes still work. I read it from here. The 
Next thing we're going to do is another beer check-in. Please give us the name and social security number. So also from the Goose Island of Misfit Toys, it's Bourbon County's 2017 Coffee Stout. So this was uh, the same as the original Bourbon Stout with coffee flavor added. Now, the only thing about these is that the coffee tends to die off over time. Die off over time is also a medication that you cannot take to get rid of COVID. But it, the coffee's still on the nose for sure. I think the coffee's still there. I can smell it. It's a lot better than the sycamore. Yeah. Um, these are made to age. Um, the only thing about the coffee I think that would detract from this is that it tends to impart a little bit of an oiliness to the texture. The tongue feel? Mm-hmm. The mouth, mouth feel. feel. But besides that, it's fine. You know, you know, like all the connoisseurs say, the tongue the feel. The tongue feel is... Uh, a criteria that they use in uh, pornography. That's true. I don't know how you know that, but I think it's time to bring us into our next segment. Yes. Is that right? Yes. It is the recast continued part two, the second snow for this one. We're talking about frosty, the snowman and it's from 1969. Yeah. All right. And uh, it was written by Romeo Muller. Directed by Rankin and Bass, and it's got a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. A discarded magic top hat brings to life the snowman that a group of children made until a magician, Professor Hinkle, wants it back and the temperatures start to rise. Frosty will melt or no longer be a jolly soul. If the kids cannot get him away from Hinkle and warm weather, so he hops a train to the North Pole with young Karen. Sounds like you can't make this movie today. <laughs> Come on, just hop on the train with me, little girl. Uh-huh, and her name's Karen. Yeah. Okay, Karen. <laughs> I need to speak to the manager. <laughs> um, so quick note, for this one, I'm doing voice actors. I'm doing it as a traditional stop-motion animation, okay. and my recasts are voice actors i'm doing mine pixar style okay interesting so the roles that we're going to uh recast are frosty played by jackie vernon or voiced by jackie vernon uh we've got jimmy durante as the narrator then we've got karen played by june foray and then uh professor magician hinkle Played by Billy DeWolf. It's <laughs> a great name. It's a really good name. It's almost as good as Dr. Clitterhouse. <laughs> Who is your pick for Frosty, my man? Well, for me, Frosty is defined by the first words he says when he comes into existence. Yes. Happy birthday. And it's full to of- To my lovely wife, Michelle. Drink. And it's full of optimism and joy. And nevity. So for me, I think the one actor who can pull that off mm-hmm. with 100% believability is Tom Hanks. Oh, dude, that's good. Yeah, I did not see that coming at all. I think it's very good. I think that that is a excellent choice. He's America's dad. Right. All right. If he's America's dad, who's America's mom? <laughs> Joe Beth Williams. Joe Beth Williams. <laughs> very maternal, very wholesome. My pick for Frosty is 51 now. And keep in mind, this is a voice performance. Uh, he was in A Futile and Stupid Gesture, 
Extraordinary, and Nebraska. His name is Orville Willis Forte the Fourth, aka Will Forte. Oh, nice! <laughs> Did you know that was his real name? No, I had no idea. Orville that's... Willis Forte the Fourth. That's crazy. And hopefully he um, passes that name on. Next, we've got the narrator, uh, Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante. Um, he was a stand-up. He was known as the Schnoz because of his um, bulbous nose, his, his big nose, and he uh, he was the the animated character was basically a caricature of him right on and who did you pick for this sir so for this role i wanted a guy who kind of has a bit of a bulbous nose as well um and can pull off the narration also he's got some connection to christmas films wasn't jimmy durante also a singer yeah he sings in this yeah totally yeah. um i'm with tim allen tim dick tim Allen. His real name is Tim Dick. I know. Because I read that in his book called Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. And I've never been to prison, but if I do, I know that all you have to do is a really good Elmer Fudd impression and nobody will rape you. <laughs> he does have a connection to Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. The Santa Claus. Uh, I I did like Home Improvement. I was I was a I was a watcher of Home Improvement. Sometimes I refer to it as Tool Time, and my pick has nothing to do with that. Uh, he is a a Jewishman, so he does have the schnoz. He is also a gregarious performer. He likes to sing. He loves to host. He's done voiceover work. He's forty three now. He was in. Hotel Transylvania, Brigsby Bear, and Palm Springs. His name is Andy Samberg. Mm -hmm. Andy okay. Samberg is going to be my host slash narrator of this remake. I dig it. Of Frosty the Snowman. Did you know that technically there are four films in this series? About Frosty? Yeah, there's two made by Rankin and Bass, and then there's three more. I really just don't know if there's enough interest in Frosty. One that. of them was made by Lorne Michaels. Oh, okay. Hence Andy Samberg. Okay. My recast. Uh, next, we've got Karen. Come on, Karen. Jeez, Karen. Uh, played by June Foray. And thoughts on the character? She's kind of altruistic. Yeah. A little too trusting by today's standards. Hop in the train. She was real quick to hop in that train. Yeah. Um, it's like, what's going on at home, Karen? Yeah. Yeah. Runaway. Um, I went with an actress who uh, has done quite a bit of voice work, but she's also done quite a bit of film work. She is uh, kind of Chicago John Hughes film royalty hmm. with Joan Cusack. Oh, I love Joan Cusack. Dude, you're just hitting me in the in the feelies right now. Right. I, well, it's the Christmas episode. Yeah, so. I I love Joan Cusack so much. I, um, her brother John Cusack is, as we've established, one of my favorite actors. But she shows up in a lot of his movies and a lot of other stuff where she is always completely 
uh, offbeat. Is that the yeah, the right yeah, term? She's an term. offbeat yeah. character, and I just identify with that so much, and I love her. That's a great pick. Uh, well, I kind of went with the um, the naive youngster who's just gee golly, mister, we just got to do this and make sure that everything works out okay. And so I went with an actress who is 41 now, same age as me. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was in Bridesmaids, The Secret Life of Pets, Smurfs, The Lost Village. Her name is Ellie Kemper. Nicely done, sir. Ellie Kemper is my pick for Karen. We got one more, right? Yep. Professor Mm. Hinkle. Originally portrayed by the highly acclaimed, very well-named Billy DeWolf. He was a character in Pulp Fiction, right? The Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) It takes 25 minutes to get there. I'll be there in 15. I don't have an age on him, but who is your pick? Well, you know, you've got the... uh, He's essentially like Snidely Whiplash in this movie. You know, he's he's kind of... uh, working against everybody and being selfish. But uh, I'm with an actor who can be rather indignant. Um, you know him from um, The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. You would know him from My Dinner with Andre. Yep. I'm with Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Oh, no, you didn't. So now I ask you, what was my theme? Okay, in go this, through him real quick. In this Pixar movie. Give me your Give me your picks again. Tom Hanks. Yep. Tim Allen, Joan mm-hmm. Cusack, Wallace Shawn. All right, so I know that Tom Hanks was a voice in the Polar Express. I know that um, I'm not going to get it. What was it? They're all voice actors from the Toy Story series. Oh, who's Wallace Shawn in that? The T-Rex. Perfect. As he should be. All right, well, my actor is coincidentally also 51. He was in BoJack Horseman, (laughs) The Nut Job, Lego Batman, and Arrested Development. His name is Will Arnett. Lovely. Will Arnett is going to be the voice of Professor Magician Hinkle. All right, so uh, all of that being said, Frosty the Snowman... Um, is the superior film in the Frosty series. I think that this was a great, great opportunity for a holiday episode. Fuck yeah, and dude. And I loved going back and watching all of these holiday classics. Uh, I think I sent you a couple links oh, yeah. to uh, like YouTube playlists, and maybe we'll post some of those on the uh well, for, for me, for me, the big win of the week was getting to see uh, Mad Monster Party, which I didn't even know existed. Me either. I did not, and it probably it they probably just made it and they retconned it so that they could hype the new Dark Universe from Universal <laughs> for the Renfield. Movie. Yeah, Universal, get on this. Let's get the did uh, the, I the CGI. Imagine, <laughs> did I imagine that Javier Bardem is going to play Frankenstein in a Bride of Frankenstein movie, or did that actually like come across our desk? I don't know, but I did hear. That Javier Bardem tried to back out of the uh, Lucy and Ricky movie because he just didn't think it was going to be any good. Well, Nicole Kidman also tried to back out because she got so much backlash 
people were saying that she didn't fit the part. And so I think I'm, I'm going to watch it. I, think I have not seen good. it yet. I've heard differing opinions. He thinks, or I'm sorry, he doesn't think he seems to me that, uh, he is affecting the voice and the mannerisms very well, but he doesn't necessarily look like Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what pans out, but I, I yeah. I'll reserve my judgment pan out. All right. With that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, right? Yeah, let's do it. We have a bonus segment, sir. Cool. It is a battle royale between some antagonists in the Rankin and Bass universe. The RBU, if you will. Nice. Um, First, we've got Bumbles versus the Heat Miser versus Burger Meister Meister Burger. Versus the Winter Warlock. Oh my God, these are all great creations. Yes, uh, that's one thing I think about the the Rankin and Basses. Their villains are fucking great. Yes. Um, the heat... Now some of them end up not being villains. Yeah, yeah, of though. course, of course. But in terms of of how they're presented, I mean, I mean, you've got Bumble right there in front of you. In I do in the three dimensions. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm picking Bumble. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Heat Miser just because heat it's miser. such a strange the character. twin brother of Snow Miser. Yeah, I'm going with Heat Miser. He's got the uh, the flamey hair, the red nose. Mm-hmm. He brings the heat. He's bringing the heat. I love it. I want to go ahead and thank you, sir, once again, for all of your engineering animagic that you do every week and all of the special things. And uh, also, do you know what next week's episode is? It's my turn. It's watch party. Watch party number eight or whatever. Yeah, and we're going to do Santa Claus conquers the martians nailed it santa claus conquers the martians and this movie is in the public domain now great so there's a lot of versions out there you can watch it pretty much wherever if you've not seen this if you've seen the mystery science theater 3000 version please that's how it kind of came into the public oh yeah yeah but but do watch this with us because it's it's a treat All right, so I do have a just-for-fun trivia question. The Martian ray guns are actually painted air blasters made by what toy company? Hmm. Think about the date of release. Yeah. Jeez. Daisy. Daisy is a very good guess. Uh, The actual answer is whammo. 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 Inventor of the Frisbee and that fits, or marketer of the Frisbee. It fits right in with that movie, though. Yep. Yeah, totally. All right. So we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. Give us a review. That would help us out. And also, check us out on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Cinema Chop Shop. Also... On YouTube, you can check us out as Cinema Chop Shop Podcast on YouTube. And Sean, anything you want to plug? No, I don't really think I have any plugs. Again, I I was talking about Hawkeye, the TV series. Check it out if you haven't, because it's only six episodes. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe it ends next week. And they're only doing one season? 
That's what I... Because Jeremy Renner is in prison. <laughs> is he? <laughs> uh, also, um, thank you, the Chop Shoppers out there. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, don't forget to get that vax. Get your boosters. Uh, otherwise, wear your mask and keep your social distance away from me. And also, please remember to watch Chop, Chop Retrofit. Retrofit.